In today's episode... I just remember turning the video over and seeing Joe and the, the rebels and the Doctor striding through the landscape of future Earth. And I was like, it's got to be that one. It looks amazing. This is something I must do myself. Now go! <laughs> hey! <laughs> there's, there's China. There's South America. Let's just name... Name big countries or continents, and then there's a war. Interesting and diverse characters, and yeah, just one hell of a storming 70s bit of joy. Hello, and welcome to World Enough and Time. How are you? Hello, I'm really good. Um, it's early here, as ever. 8.39 a.m. Actually, that's not that early, is it? Yes, far too early. <laughs> it's a crisp morning. I can see some daffodils in the garden um, from my vantage point in the study. And um, it's very British out there this morning. That's the word I'd use, British. Oh, I miss that. <laughs> I love British weather. It's just I know. so darn cosy. Yes, no, we just have like the the last vestiges of summer, just just enough to make you know what you're missing, but lots of rain and misery and just a, the knowledge that we now have about seven months of crap coming. So yes, it's fun. <laughs> yeah, and of course, I, I'm only ever employed in Australia and New Zealand in the summer, so I, I come in May and I never ever see your country when it's at its nicest, ever. Rude, lying and rude. We've all, all witnessed you on the beach. All of us. Yes, but I just see retail parks in the rain. That's all I see. Rude. That's New Zealand for me. <laughs> Shut up. You saw joy. Anyway, yes, good. Aside from the weather. Gosh, we're British, aren't we? <laughs> Can we talk about the weather for another ten minutes, please? I've been to Sweden. Sweden. Please tell me about your A travels lot. in Sweden. Well, I think the only thing I'm going to bring to the to the table in terms of the podcast is my food obsession currently. So um, every breakfast I was having knackbrod, which is this sort of dry cracker sort of rye vita-ish sort of thing. And you buy it in a big pyramid of, um, of, of knackbrod and <laughs> you, eat it with, you eat it with boiled egg. But okay. um, they're, am- they're amazed at my um, capacity for dipping knackbrod rather than just slicing an egg they've all got egg slices on their tables at the kitchen at their you know when they're eating like it's a normal thing to slice a boiled egg it's not normal oh, is it? that isn't normal with a no. with a machine no. and also they never have they never have it um soft or medium they only oh, have it's it always hard boiled ruined yeah they ruined, ruined the egg. exactly the swedish i know the swedish ruined the eggs that's the answer to that question so um they were they were marveling at me dipping my egg, but also slightly giving me side eye as if to say, "What the f- are you doing?" So <laughs> were you food, cooking your own egg then? Like, were you managing to cook it, make it soft boiled, and then show them a whole new world, or were you just dipping a, into a very hard egg? Well, actually, you just you just you actually just worked out the lie of my story, which was that I didn't do it in front of them. I just told them about it. <laughs> <laughs> And it wasn't. It wasn't until you just said that, that I realised that isn't reality, Andy. That's not <laughs> <of> reality. 
<laughs> oh, good. <laughs> Glad we started on a lie. <laughs> the, the, the side eye to the fact that I do it at all, I think, is the issue. Yes. I'm glad you opened up a whole new world for them, though. Yeah. Um, I could also tell you about the fact that it's all it's self-clear everywhere. Self-clear everywhere in Sweden, and that's a bit odd. So everyone's eating oh, trays what, everywhere. Yes. It's like I oh. don't believe in this. So you take oh, your own plate to the kitchen in a restaurant? Well, Yes. I mean, not the best restaurants, but the restaurants okay. which, which are kind of, you know, there's some good ones where you still have to take your tray and they're all happy to eat off trays. I don't like to eat off a tray. No, I I've never, never cooked. Even in a canteen, I have to get rid of it. It makes me upset. I know. Well, I was removing my tray and again, side eye, but this is actually side eye in real life this time we're talking <laughs> yeah, okay. about, if, gotcha. if we're clear. <laughs> You'll need a tray. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I think that's enough of um, Swedish culture. Yeah, no, thanks for that, though. I feel like we've all learnt something. So, um, yeah, no, I appreciate it. Not been to Sweden. Don't think I will, just purely because of logistics and the expense. Yeah. But thanks. I feel like I've had a, a slice of Swedish life there. Good. Yeah. So, uh, how are you? Oh, I feel like yes. I've talked about weather and Sweden. <laughs> yeah. I think we should just leave me. Let, let's leave it right there. <laughs> okay, let's leave it there. Let's... Let's not look under that particular rug or, or carpet. <laughs> no, no. Let's keep the veneer in place. Yeah. Okay, firmly. Let's firmly. Yeah. Let's, let's nail it down. Yeah. Good. Good. Yeah, thanks. So, um, what's the first thing that we do? Is it a quiz? Do we do quizzes? It's usually a quiz. It's a quiz. It's a quiz. <laughs> oh, God. Right, well, um, I know you know me well. And, of course, there's no last-minute scrabbling around for questions for me. This has been no, long no, no. and well-prepared. <laughs> so, um, with my long and well-prepared quiz, just bear with me, I'd say. <laughs> bear with, bear with. Um, okay, so, I'm, I'm going to tell you the name of an actor and you are going to tell me the name of the character they played and what story they were in and if oh, you have wow. to tell me a different story to the one I'm looking at and a different character and I can't find it I won't believe you so yeah <laughs> okay. also got to be okay. a tiny bit psychic all good all good yeah that's right. really easy <laughs> right First of all, we've got a, a chap called David Rodigan. Oh, now I know that name. <gasps> oh, gosh. I'm loving that there's a hint of knowledge there. I think they're also in a Blake 7. Ah. But do I know what Do I know what David Rodigan was in? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, slight cough, slight cough. You can, you can um, imagine he's quite far down the cast list. <laughs> He's not a main okay. character kind of a chap. I think he's kind of slightly star. star he said Star Wars Rebel. Then I meant um, what you call it? Um, Scarrow Rebel sort of person. Good, like, you know, along with David Yip and all that sort of shenanigans. Yeah, I'm um, with you all the way. Oh, I think I've just remembered who he is. Mm -hmm. Hurrah, hurrah! He is um. He's um, Joan Sims's chap 
in in the mysterious planet, I think. Is he not? I don't know his name in the cast. Thank goodness. Uh, this sounds like you're not looking it up on IMDb, which has made me happy. I love that I trust you. Uh, he's in the mysterious planet. He's got a big beard and he's got a stupid name like I'm an old tribesman name. But I don't know what it's called. <laughs> That's a very, very good guess and I like it. His name, I will now give yeah. you, is Broken Tooth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As I live and breathe. Yes, I would it. never have that's I would what? never have got I would never have got there, but I knew he was you an old tribesman so person with well. with a silly name. And you knew it was Joan Sims's chap. Well done. Mm-hmm. You Thank get you. points. Lots of Do them. I get a point for that? Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Good. Well, being as my request was ludicrous, then yes, well done. <laughs> right. Um Jim McManus. Mm. Bear. <laughs> I have no idea. Okay, I'm gonna keep actually I'm gonna keep going with more actors in the oh. same story until you get the okay. story. See? I'm, okay. I'm 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 moving with the times. Right. Roderick Smith. Nope. <laughs> Good. Right, we'll we'll slowly go up the line till it gets to someone. Roy Herrick. Oh, Roy Herrick. He is in. Well, you see, he's in several Doctor Who, so I don't oh, know. Oh yeah, it's got to be the one that I'm looking at. You see, right? Well, he's okay. definitely in the. Wait, it, wait, 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 wait. Someone else. Is the in invisible? The invisible enemy. Is it the invisible enemy? See, you are psychic. You knew it. You knew yes! it. Yes. He plays the sort of medical assistant chap, but I don't know what he's called. Right. It's a very small role. Parsons, of course. Parsons. Parsons. I would never have got that, but he was the medical chap. There you go. Good job, though. That wasn't too bad, was it? It was very good. Very good. Um, See, I'm obviously feeling less evil today. I generally get so much pleasure from watching you squirm. But hmm, (laughs) I'm quite proud of you. Okay. <laughs> what story is Richard Franklin in? <laughs> Which one am I looking at? <laughs> Mind of Evil. <laughs> <laughs> Run. Um, what about Brian Badco? Same story. Oh, I know the name, but I, I have no idea what story. <gasps> okay, so we've got someone that you'll know. Yeah. Peter Miles. But also so this with Richard must, Franklin. This must be Doctor Who. Oh no, it might not be. It might not be. Oh no, because you said Richard Franklin's in this one, did you? I did. Was that yes. a clue? Oh well, that no, means that therefore me. that it's Invasion of the Dinosaurs. Good job. Thank See? you. Yes. Yes. Thank you. Healthy Take a bow. Yeah. Yes, you did very well. Okay. Right. Um. Because I'm painfully slow, I'm only going to do a couple more. But still, I'm I very impressed wise. with your knowledge. Yeah, <laughs> people love this. Um, they do. Just love it, people. God. <laughs> right. Um, bottom of the list is. Oh, oh. Um, Charles Morgan. Charles Morgan. Mm. Oh. No, you'll have to give me another one. <laughs> okay. Wolf Morris. Oh. 
the abominable snowmen. Mm. Yes. Good job. You know who's <laughs> virtually at the bottom of the list? Deborah Watling. Yeah. Oh dear. Rude. I know. So, maybe so Wolf Morris was Padma Sambhavar. I know that, sweetie. I know. I've got it in front of me. <laughs> but well done. <laughs> oh, I now realise that they're in alphabetical order. And so the, the bottom or top of the list thing was completely irrelevant. It's good to know. <laughs> well, I did think that was very rude to Deb, Deb's Watts. I know that. Um, so, yes, well done. You're a winner. 100%. You will get prizes in the post. Well Can't done. Wait. Good, Good stuff. Well, you Why did get you the work? Doctor Who top trumps. Can we just do do it as an after the fact present? Yes, we can. Oh. Winner, winner. So, um, Hark, what do I hear? We're rude about her. Well, we aren't. The Kaliak kept popping up in our in our story of of the day, the story du jour, no less. I kept hearing her. Her eyes and ears were there, actually at the set of Day of the Daleks. It was amazing. Really? Yeah, we That's kept hearing her. Ah. I wasn't aware of this. I didn't notice yeah. this. Yeah, Gosh. it gets everywhere. I know. So, <laughs> so, what? So, so. <laughs> um, what's what's happening, Kaliak? Well, she's got a scroll. In time-honored fashion, I'm removing it from her beak. Yeah. Oh, she's she's cawing a lot now. Let's not worry too much about the fact that she can call whilst it's still in her beak. Let's not worry about that issue. No. no. <laughs> we're, we're back ah. with the soft-boiled eggs, aren't we? <laughs> we're back with the right there, back in Stockholm. Um, yes, it's actually, actually news. Can you believe it? This is a first. I'm, I'm the, waiting. I will reserve judgment until I hear. The unofficial Doctor Who annual 1972 has now been published. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Super exciting. So we missed Christmas, unfortunately, but goodness me. That was slow. So, I know, but full colour Doctor Who annual with a story by yours truly called The Living Crystal. I all about wait. all about Joe picking up a pendant in in London while she's out shopping and the pendant having properties that are dangerous. Very dangerous. It's so just, let's get worried about that. Do. That's so exciting though. Yeah. I know, it's an actual Doctor Who story by me. That by is me. So where do we buy it? We buy it from all good bookshops. I don't know. <laughs> oh, really? I seriously don't. You can buy it off. You can buy it off Facebook, off the book to face. Um, yeah. Do they ship? Um, it's everywhere. it's from Lulu. Lulu.com, the self-publishing platform, because I think it's so expensive for them to produce. They haven't done loads of copies that they've published, because, yeah. Because it's all full colour and yes, it's not the cheapest thing. It's it's forty two pounds a copy, but that's because it's full colour and hardback. You know, so that makes sense, really. Yeah. I guess over here though, it's virtually impossible to buy. Um, yeah. 
No, well, don't worry. I've got you. I've got you a copy. You donkey. Yes. Amazing. <laughs> oh well, that's good. Yes. You don't have to worry. Yeah. Only everyone had you as their brother, huh? Huh? I know. Can we make that happen? Can we make that happen? <laughs> I just don't think Probably so. Probably not. <laughs> well done, so... Kaliak. Like your news. Good. She also has another scroll, but we're not going to mention that because it's just embarrassing. What's the other scroll? <laughs> What's the other scroll? Do you want to hear the other scroll? Yeah. The other scroll was saying um, that she liked um, she liked another story. So we don't care about her opinion, do we, really? Well, if it's a good one, maybe we could review it next time. Yeah. She said she liked Marcus Arani and we were wrong. Oh, shit. <laughs> no, that's it. Had it, but still. Just, just ignore her and then yeah, she may okay. go away. She's going. She's off. Perhaps in a fit of peace. Yeah. No. Well, she's still got a job. She should think herself lucky. I know. In these in these difficult economic times. I know. She's very lucky. What do you yeah. pay her, by the way? Yeah. We pay her in cheese. I don't know whether it's even any good for a bird, but cheese is what she eats. Okay. That's not bad. Yeah. Good. Cheese for news, or cheese for ideas, opinions. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. Okay, so I feel we're at that point where we must reveal, even though it's in the episode title, that we are now about to talk about the glorious, glorious day of the Daleks. amazing well even more glorious at this end because we've got a new 4k tv <gasps> i know How our, TV, you? our tv broke this week um so it's the first doctor who story i've watched on it so there oh you my go goodness. so how it was quick almost, was it it was almost two sorry how quick from break to purchase i'm just trying to work out how long you can cope without a tv i'm thinking it was seconds Seconds. It was about. It was about a day. (laughs) (laughs) But but that was more. That was more to do with John wanting to play on the PS4. If I'm honest. Yes. Nothing to do with you, and he needed it. 4K. Really. How else? No, it's true. True facts. (laughs) Good. I get it. Um, I understand. So tell me, tell me about your your world in in relation to Day of the Daleks. Your first memory of it, or how do you feel about it? How does it make you feel? Go. Well, I think it was one of the first times where I got that little flurry of excitement about a dystopian future. I think, I don't, I'm trying to think of like the early Doctor Who's that we watched, if there was any other that had that real kind of dark dystopian aspect to it. And that has gone on to be a something that I always find wonderfonderfully fascinating. I think probably one of the most the bits that stuck with me 
probably the most oddly was um, just those those people who are trudging through what's probably a disused multi-story car park with their bins. Yes, it really um, is, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, and I think it just it was just such a shock to my senses at the time that 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 could be a possible future where everyone's lives are so drastically changed where where other people are in charge where you don't have the rights that we have and it, it, i really just the, the the possibilities of our future just were really brought home to me um mm. with day of the daleks so for me it it really it was quite a wonderful eye opening feeling so yeah no it yeah. to me it's it's beautiful it it was almost irrelevant that it was the Daleks, I think. That was yeah, one thing yeah. that kind of... Absolutely. It, they were just the, the things that made it dark and desperate, but they weren't really a, a huge kind of menace in terms of, you know, the chasing through tunnels. That wasn't the, the big deal for me. It was just the, the power they wielded and just almost being the puppeteers um, was, yeah, just quite... A strong feeling how about you yeah so um i think this was only the second video i ever bought which mm. is just astonishing so i yes. had the five doctors recorded on vhs um and then i had pyramids of mars and mm. i think this was next and i remember wow. going to i remember going to wh smith in newcastle on pontine and and having £10 in my hand to spend, and I knew I was going to buy one of them, and it was just like, I think there's maybe two or three only other ones to choose from, maybe even less. Yeah. And I just remember turning the video over and seeing Joe and the the rebels and the Doctor striding through the landscape yeah. of future Earth, and I was like, it's got to be that one. It looks amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. But then I remember also putting it in and then remembering that Joe looks great in pictures, Katie Manning looks fantastic in pictures, but the acting of Joe is not the same as pictures of Joe in <laughs> situations. <laughs> so was that your first real... Because you, do you, you don't really remember Joe from the first time round, do you? Or do you? Oh, no, not at all. No, I, at I never all. saw Joe. But in 1981, there was the repeat series, The Five Faces of Doctor Who. And right. I saw both The Three Doctors and Carnival of Monsters. So but... were you aware that she was a bit crap or had you managed to forget by the time you got Day of the Daleks? I think they're both two strong Joe stories. Oh. So I think she's really quite good in those. But also I think the nine-year-old me was forgiving any acting um, lack, perhaps. Yes. Because clearly by the time I got to 14, when I watched Day of the Daleks, I was like... Quite the connoisseur. He no, knew it all. This is, yeah, all this one of it. And that was a bit, oh, this is disappointing. Um, yeah. But apart from that, just that it was very... It's quite. It zips along, doesn't it? This 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 oh, serial. It, does. It, it really does. Such a pace. It's got yeah. ogrons who are fucking terrifying. Like beyond, <laughs> they are brilliant. Like I don't understand why they don't have ogrons as a backup for every story. Like if they brought them back, you'd be truly terrified. Like they run, they run. They're angry. They don't really think shit through, which is even more terrifying. Clever people no. have time to think about what they do. They're just like, right, I'm just going to twat you on the back. It's brilliant. Yeah, they're a good creation, aren't they? And 
I like the fact that all their faces are slightly different. Some of them are yes. a bit mush, a bit mushed in. <laughs> yes. No, but it does kind of, it has a reality to it and that they use their own mouths kind of makes mm. them look less masky. It's just, it, they do, I think they worked really well. So, did you watch the special edition of the... I did watch the special edition. Yes. So so did I, and I have problems with this, severe problems with the special edition, which I will talk about in detail. Right. The, 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 the biggest problem was the fact that they actually cut a scene with where an Ogron was being a bit crap. And I couldn't believe that they cut it. They actually cut. Because you liked them being a bit crap, yes. Because that's part of the, the joy of Doctor Who, is all the things that went wrong and weren't yeah. brilliant. Yeah, you're right. So it's the, it's the very first scene where the Ogrons are reporting back in the future, and mm. the controller asks, were there any complications? And this is this really crap actor doing an Ogron who says, no complications. <laughs> like he's just oh, talking yes, like he's a normal that. man. Do you remember that? Yes, I do. And it's gone. Oh. Erased. Yeah. Oh, funny. So I, so I had to put the original edition on so it was back and I could oh, see it. So obviously. I will, now pl- I will now play it for, for the listener. Here it is. <laughs> Your report? We found and destroyed the enemy. Any complications? No complications. Good. They will be satisfied. You can't ignore acting like that. That's part of Doctor Who. You need to keep no, that in. It is. That's the bit you look for. I was explaining to Iona how, when we had the VHS, that all the bits where we saw um, saw Joe's knickers, that they were virtually unwatchable by the end because we'd paused it and rewound so many times <laughs> to look at her so over. Oh, it was just, a, it was just, such, she was like, why would you do that? I mean, her being 14 and Nick is obviously not being that exciting. She's like, I just don't even understand. And I was like, when you're that young, knickers are amazing. They are like the funniest thing on the planet. It was just hilarious. Oh, it was just such pure joy. There they are, big red knickers. Oh, it was just wonderful. Well, the first time you see them, um, there's quite a lot of gusset when she gets up. And I was quite surprised. I was like, wow. So, yeah. And there's one bit where she gets up and you can see that Joe realises that she's just given a full knicker flash and she actually pulls down the the denim dress at the back, doesn't she? I love that they just left it all in there. It's like, got a bit of knicker? Yeah, it's all right. Carry on. (laughs) And John Pertwee gets quite an eyeful, I assume, when he goes down the ladder. Oh, just such pure joy those knickers gave. Like, no, I, just, I don't talk... think there's another pair of knickers in history that have given that much pleasure. No, I think seeing as we started on knickers, I think it's time for Dress for Success, don't you think? <laughs> yes, it is. Boy, is it. Dressed for Success. Yes. I'm gonna get Okay, so is there anything more to say about knickers and the teaming of red knickers with red buttons and red kerchiefs, as I'm going to call them? The whole outfit is stunning. Like, it is fabulous, isn't it? Like, the, the skin-tight white boots, the the clunkiness of the heel, they're just, oh, it's it's just outstanding. And it adds such bright joy and colour to something that is deliberately quite dull. Obviously, the, the gorilla 
outfit being so camouflagey and the people from the future being so depressed. Like she's that only little spark of colour and excitement in it, which is just bad. Oh, that's true. Yeah, it's that's that's a deliberate choice to make us wearing something bright that contrasts. Yeah. Yeah, she has to be stand out from from everyone else and look so clearly foreign to it all. But yeah, I did actually quite like the suits from the future, like the the uniform of um, what's he called Aubrey, and um, and all the people sat down scanning, yes. scanning for whatever's. Like they were slightly ill-fitting suits. They, <laughs> I did, I did wonder, and I hadn't wondered before. Are those women in the hideous polyester suits? Are they supposed to be kind of? robots or some are they like a version of what are they called robo men or something i think that's a good call and it's it fits with the hooniverse if we ever use mm. that term the hooniverse let's never use it again ever no, never. <laughs> <laughs> but um but yeah because they are definitely androidy aren't they or at least devoid of emotion um, yeah like they deliberately talk a bit kind of sing-songy oddy and yeah yeah they don't they, they're never shown to have any thoughts or emotions they really do just do a job so it's yeah. i guess it's whether or not they've been just ground down to just despair or whether or not they've actually had that taken away from them but yeah, yeah. i found that an interesting thought but i also that the, the reason i got onto that was just all of their outfits were slightly ill-fitting do you know like the waists weren't quite where they should be and the the trousers yeah. kind of were at a funny length and i was thinking that actually even though that probably was just like they had an outfit and it didn't fit them it almost felt right it was like well dressing well wasn't important it was just this is the standard uniform size if you fit it you fit it if you don't you don't and that oh, just seemed like I mean, an like that sort yeah future. that's good yeah. yes Ooh, it's all considered that's nice yes um what did you think about um aubrey wood's costume and um, what material was that what material was that i couldn't work that out definitely sparky <laughs> <laughs> You wouldn't want to get close to it and an electric fire or, yeah, a balloon. Danger, there lies. Um, yeah, um, it, it, was a, it was a version of their outfit, really, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was all just on a, on a theme. And, yeah, I thought it was really cool. I, I love mm. Aubrey. I love a bit of orbs. Now, do you think that once orbs gets deposed, and we're going right to the end of the story, and the little guy with the red the red jerkin as i'm gonna mm. call it um, really do you think he jerkin. gets do you think he gets aubrey wood's costume at the end or do you think he gets it one is that a might thought i think he'd just get yeah he'd just have to wear that suit wouldn't he it's just yeah yeah, yeah you don't yeah, and you, you can't imagine him going to the, the daleks and saying it doesn't fit very well can i have another one <laughs> it's just like it's not a conversation you'd be willing to have is it i'll stick with it it's fine yeah, so you see him sort of like tripping over his feet when he's trying to walk in it. <laughs> so cute. But that actually his costume, I wondered, was he because he was more on the torture and make people feel like shit side of things, was he deliberately dressed a bit ogrony? Like cause they have a, like a certain kind of across the across the body kind of leather thing and yeah. with the Yeah, and he's got a is jerking and he just and it's all quite brown um and leathery and so i was just thinking maybe when you're a bit fighty you get the 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 leather outfits and when you're a bit proper corporate then that's when you get your polyester suit yeah so i have a theory about this character's costume so um i think you're right but also leather wiped clean 
which when you're torturing yes. is always a boon. Oh, <laughs> you have considered this. Good. And red jerkin. If there's blood. any blood spatter, it doesn't matter. <gasps> doesn't matter. <laughs> that's, that's good thinking. If ever you have to design things for torturers, you have all of the answers. This I have. This is great. Yeah, yeah, I like it. So it's all it's all, all good torturers are wearing this season. Yeah, it's good to know. <laughs> but yeah, he's quite good, that chap. I do like him too. Yeah. So yeah, this is the first time that I had ever heard the term gorilla in this use. They used it a lot. I felt like it was the first time they'd heard the term gorilla as well, as in the script writers, because they used the term <laughs> gorillas regularly, like more than was required. Um, yeah. And I, there was so much confusion for me, I think, uh, being God knows what age I was, but under 10, um, I was really very confused because there was just a, are we going to see gorillas soon? Why are they called gorillas? And you know that bit when Shura is running across the ground. Shura! Kind of, Shura! Shura! <laughs> um, he's running across the ground towards the end and he's got his arm dangling because he's hurt it. And yeah. he almost looks like he's doing like a monkey walk. And I was thinking, yeah. oh, that must be why they called them gorillas. And uh, there was just so much confusion for me about why they were the, the gorillas and what their relationship was to chimps generally. But, was, um, was, part yeah. of, was part of the confusion the fact that the Oberons are kind of gorillas? And they and then they're talking about gorillas. Who can say? <laughs> Just, <laughs> none of it was making much sense. I was focusing on the knickers. They talked about gorillas. It was just a, a lot going on for a young child. <laughs> so it's really funny because in my in my day job, I get people to do gorilla interviews out in the with the public and uh, other places. Um, so I talk about gorilla interviews all the time. So mm. it's just really funny because it always gets a reaction from people that are like, what, like real gorillas? And I'm like, yeah, shut up now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm kind of over that joke. So, um, yes. So I use that term a lot. But I think okay. I was sim similarly new for me at that point, I think. Okay. But didn't it feel yeah. like, I don't know, go gorillas aren't really like a, I don't know. It just seemed like an almost inappropriate use of the term gorilla. Like, they were more rebels or something like that. It just kind of, yes, there was a gorilla-ish nature to what they were doing, but... It, they it were fanatics. Like, they were fanatics. Yes. So they kept reminding us that they were fanatics they all were the time. fanatics, yes. Yes. Mm. Um, so what about, yes, their, what about their costumes? Um, I Yeah, again, amazing. Camouflage is... Um, at, well, at the time, was just something I'd not seen a lot of. Um, and I just love how tight they are on the leg. Oh, they're a good bit of tightness on the calf. Yeah, they, <laughs> they were cool. They're like, because you see, like, the, uh, the, um, the unit guys, they're kind of looking a bit wankish in their proper uniform. And then they mm. kind of look quite cool. The, um, mm. the rebels have that kind of... They look a bit more ill put together, but a lot more like you'd be proud if you were wearing that. You'd be like, yeah, I'm freaking cool. Don't come near me. Yeah. They were, yeah, there was a, yeah, there was a definite bit of kudos with that. So where do you think they ran up these costumes in the future? I like that. I like to think about how they got them. <laughs> yes. That would have been hard. Maybe that's why they were so tight on the leg. They were, they were short on material. They had to do what they could. <laughs> Maybe they were a patchwork of many old polyester outfits. If you if you put a bit of the um the uh, Aubrey's character plus the um 
the scanning ladies together, you might get a, a gorilla outfit out of it. I just don't know. Mm. Can we just, just talk about Miss Paget's horrible dress as well, please? <laughs> please tell me all about Miss Paget's horrible dress. I don't think I can even remember it. Really? No, it was just horrible. I think it was a zip up the front. It was just nasty. <laughs> Wrong. I don't ever want to see Miss Paget unzipping anything. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yes. No, we don't need her. Not for anything. Um, right. Yes. Are we, are, we, are we moving on from Dress for Success? So over it. So done. Let's Goodbye, Mary Husband. Yes. Yes. But well done, Mary Husband. We're all <laughs> Well done, Ma- Mazza. Mazza Huzza. I'm gonna get rest for sunsets. Okay, so what do you want to talk about now? I want to talk about how frickin' strong Annette was and how much I loved that and what a fantastic thing she was for me to see when I was younger. Like, I don't think I probably even appreciated it at the time, how good it was that she was in charge of the rebels coming back, how she was the one who knew what the hell was going on, was not going to do anything rash or stupid. She was bloody in charge. She was fab. She was. Oh, so proud that that was a role that she had. Like, because there's just, uh, obviously, it, it was a real of the times kind of a, um, a show. And it just, all of the the government chaps were all middle-aged white men, which they would be. Um, mm. And they were all, you know, fully stocked sellers and all that kind of, like that whole point they were making is kind of grotesque. Oh, you know, they're in a, a government-owned country house. And it was all that wank that um, that you believe of politicians. They're just, you know, yeah. fattened wankers. Um, but then the fact that they had that reality, but then another possible reality in the future where Anna didn't have... There wasn't much conversation about her being a woman or, oh, she's in charge. It was just, it was. And she yes. was just strong. Um, yeah, I was really proud of that. Yeah. It's a trick. Kill him now. If you are not Sir Reginald Stiles, who are you and what are you doing in his house? Well, believe it or believe it not, I came here to see you. For wasting time, Annette. Here, I'll do it. Who is in command of this mission? We are soldiers, not murderers. Keep guard outside. I'll deal with these two. I said out. There's one point where someone says, one of the characters says, you are soft, Annette. And it's clearly, you think, well, no, she's not. Nah, she's drunk. She's not going to listen to your bullying. But I like the fact that her strength is also in a strength of knowledge of her mind, not just about, oh, I'm just going to be brutish. I'm a woman in charge. Yeah, she wasn't being violent or just, I'll prove myself to be strong enough and I'll beat them up. It was more like, my strength is to know my own mind and not just listen to your twattish bullying. Yes. Because she decides that she's not going to kill the Doctor and Joe because she needs to know more information from them. And that, mm. I think that's the point at which the guy says, you're soft. I think it's Boaz mm. who says it. Yeah. It is Boaz. Boaz, I always hated him. Always. And Do you why? know what? I, <laughs> I, might, I, I might get in trouble for this. I always thought he was South African. <laughs> <laughs> and he just seemed really sexist. <laughs> like, I just, I really, he just had that way about him that just seemed really like condescending to maybe it was that line of your soft and that but just you could tell he wanted to be in charge he didn't have the skill he was just a a brutish twat um and he just had that way of all the south africans that i'd met up until that stage and it was just like yeah but i was the south african that not having it but, 
Yeah. Terrible human. So he's he's in Blake Seven. He plays a character who flirts with Servalan mm. with the with the flower. Yes, I can picture it now. Yeah. I remember him flirting with Servalan. Yes. Yeah. And no, but, I just um, it was his character that I didn't like in it. Like it certainly wasn't the actor that was upsetting me. It was I felt like he was playing a sexist from the future, and that's what pissed me off about him. Mm. I loved a bit of Shura though. Don't you just love Shura? Oh, he's such a poppet. He's cute, isn't he? But he is. <laughs> I'm not sure he's the best uh, best example of a gorilla. Yeah. This is something I must do myself. Now go. Hey! <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Good work. Yeah, I just I love how like Cockney Baraboy he is. He's oh, he's adorable. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But don't you think some of the lines are in our soul that we have to, you know, we know them so well because we've watched this. This is the weird thing, right? Okay, so 1986 or thereabouts was when I first got it. Day of the Daleks was only 14 years old at that point. It was wow. only 14 years old. Now it is 47 years old. <gasps> no. Can you That's believe it? That's huge. That's amazing. Isn't it amazing? Oh, oh! I'm quite devastated by that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because it's kind of like you immediately think, "Oh, I'm old," but also you kind of think, "How is that possible that it can be that yes. much distance between it and us, and how it was so near at the time?" But it felt ancient yes. at the time. It didn't felt it? really, really old. I remember yeah. just thinking, "How did they ever think that that was an appropriate way to dress oh. or to behave or anything?" It just seemed ancient. Oh yeah, like yeah, but so so many of those lines is just mm-hmm. yeah, like stars didn't start this war. To us. Did it yourselves? What's that? Sorry, sorry, stars didn't start this war. You did it yourselves. Oh yeah, because to us that's fourteen years ago. It's two thousand and five. I mean, you know, it's just weird. Yeah, yeah, uh. like yesterday. But yes, I like oh. the use of the word quizzling. Enjoyed that. Yes. <laughs> He's a quizzling. That's, that's Sweden again, isn't it? Wasn't it Sweden that had quizzling during the war? Oh, was it? I was. That was the thing I was thinking. It was just such a, a very English term. It just kind of, it's just so weird for a time lord to use the term quizzling, being as it comes from a dude. So, yeah, it just, it, I did like the fact. Oh, yeah, Norwegian he is. Oh, he's Norwegian, is it? Not, not Sweden? Yeah. No. Well, that's bad. That's terrible. I must get that right because the cute such a Scandinavian. That's it's all the same. Well, I know, but I know, but I know. You, you're not allowed to that say that. That wouldn't wash with the Swedes at all. They're so anti-Norway. You've no idea. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, um, yeah. I want to go back a bit towards the start of the story, if I may. Please. Um, do. So, Miss Paget. It hadn't occurred to me. Back in the day, because I didn't hadn't met people who had obviously had as much cigarettes in their life and on their days as she had. But she's she's a hundred cigarettes a day, Miss Paget, isn't she? With that. <laughs> said somebody attacked him and vanished. And you're absolutely certain that he used the word ghost. Oh yes, but afterwards he. Miss Paget, what's going on here? These people are from Unit, sir. Who asked them to come here? I did because of what happened yesterday. Nothing happened yesterday. There seems to have been some sort of incident, Sir Reginald. Nothing of any importance. Well, if you could tell us what happened. 
She does have quite a manly timbre. <laughs> I reckon she's like every little break there was. Like, oh, I'm fucking it in the corner. <laughs> and I reckon her costume just stank. Everyone's like, oh my god, it's Miss Paget coming over. Quick, breathe in. <sighs> yeah. Rude. I bet she just was born with that voice and she's just had to live it down. But yes, no, she probably had smoked a fair bit. Poor flower. Yeah. I also want to talk about the set, the unit yes. set. Wasn't that a weird set, the laboratory? It was really The bit odd. where they're all just kind of stood around and there's like a big table and yeah. Well, just the was... big yellow, the yellow gaping background that they were able to do CSO on. Oh, I quite but, liked that because there was like a big lime green panel and there was a yellow panel and I just, I did enjoy a bit of that. It just, it just was like screaming, this is the 70s. I just quite enjoyed that that was. I know, yeah, but it's like, I just, it's like it just, it felt like too much of a set for me because like it was that Ooh. big yellow bit so they could do the CSO and the brigadier coming through it. And it's like, well, no, that just looks like a void. It's just weird. Yeah. Wasn't having it. And then there's that little area where they did the shooting with the ray gun. And I, I know, thought that was, that was handy so just for that area. Just for that. Do you, yeah, area. I know. It just looked so Yes, it was bizarre. Did you like with the special effects one where things fell off? Like when they shot things like there was goo gooiness squishing out. That was good, wasn't it? John John yes. loved it because John watched it yes. with me and he was like, Oh, that's cool. He loved all yeah. of the ray gun effects. Yeah. yeah. It did really add something to it. I was quite pleased with that. Because there's just there's just something about a ray gun that just gets rid of you, that just feels like a little bit like well that didn't do anything you're just gone. But like if there's a big squishy explosiony bit with bits flying everywhere, then you feel like you you really got the pleasure of that kill. <laughs> yeah. Although John was a bit John that's lovely. So John was a bit disturbed, not a bit confused because he was like, okay, so I'm a military man like the brigadier. He went into a big diatribe about this. He would be immediately saying, can we have the ray gun for our men, for unit? That was John's point. He wouldn't, though, because the, the brigadier lacks his traditional stuff. Like, someone would. Some some money-crunching kind of a wanker would. Like, the nasty yeah. guy in Aliens. But the brigadier's a good stand-up guy who likes a solid traditional gun with a bullet because he understands it and he trusts it. Don't you think? Mm. Well, no? John doesn't think he's very good military if he's not looking for the latest technology. So he's kind yeah. of, he was kind of slightly dismissive of that. I think it's mainly that John wants the ray gun, actually. Yeah. But, <laughs> get John a ray gun. Please, Daddy, if you loved me, you'd get me a ray gun. Which takes me to the next family intervention in this podcast. Um, mm. That Marisa suddenly announced very early on, I hate John Pertwee eating. <laughs> oh... <laughs> She can't cope. Is he eating the cheese? or? She, she says he does eating acting. That's what she can't cope with. <laughs> oh, yeah, he really overdoes it, yes. Yeah. With the gorgonzola. Come on, tuck in. Well, I'm not really hungry, thank you, Doctor. Well, you ought to eat something, you know. This is likely to be a very long night. What's that? It's a clock chiming. Oh, so you really ought to try this gorgonzola cheese. It's absolutely delicious. Yes, yeah. I do like him talking about Gorgonzola, though. It did. You do? Do you like the bit with all the sardonic but not cynical? Yes! That... <laughs> I wrote down, oh, do F off. <laughs> That's what I wrote down at that point. I think that, that uh, yeah, John Pertwee is that. John Pertwee is that 
annoying twat who is a bit up himself. Like he's not a really humble kind of man of the people type person. He's like, look at me, I do chase scenes and I'm a posh wanker who eats nice cheese. Like that's that's the doctor he plays. So yeah, mm. I, I think he's completely being him. So yeah, no, I don't. Yeah, he's full of himself. That That's who John Pertwee is. So I think it's a really good performance though. I mean, that's just who John Pertwee is and you either take it or leave it. But I felt he was very commanding as the doctor in this story. There was loads of moments where he was framed well in the shot and he had good, he had good lines to say. And mm. he was a presence that you you trusted and you believed in him. Yeah, and he was a bit authoritarian and a bit patronising with Joe particularly. Yeah. But I felt he was strong in this story and I liked him as a character. And yeah, and he was given quite a strong political stance as well. Like he he had a, he wasn't just a on the fence kind of like oh you've got to see both sides of it kind of thing, which the Doctor sometimes kind of be. He was like nah, this is wrong. This is not okay. Mm you need to see the truth of this situation. And that that was quite enjoyable. He And he did, yeah. He got his point across really well. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, there it was. Although, although I had a bit of a problem at the point where they leave the house in episode two and there's the first attack on the house mm. and the Ogron is, is... He's got an Ogron in front of him and the Brigadier shoots the Ogron um, with the ray gun and kills it. And the Doctor yeah. just says, oh, thank you for that timely intervention, Brigadier. Um, and it's like, he's never that comfortable with death, I don't think. I felt he was too comfortable with that Ogron dying in that moment. Oh, yeah. I guess it was the fact that it, it was back to that. If, if they're humans, it's, a, it's it's terrible. But if it's a, a creature like that, then fuck it. I know. No, I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> no, I get you. I'm not saying John Pertwee's view is correct. But, yeah, <laughs> I... But he is quite like that, isn't it? Any like creature that dies, is he that fussed? Yeah, so he can be. Zapanestine without worry. I mean, like the Silurians, the Silurians and the Sea Devils. He's all over oh, saving was, them, even though the they're much point. less human. That was the point of the Silurians. That was the story was yeah. to think about creatures differently. But generally, mm. if it furthers the plot, you'll happily kill anything that's a different colour. <laughs> no, because in the end, because in the end, they they blow up the house with. The creatures going into it, don't they? And Ooh, that's sorry, no different to the blowing up the moor in the Silurians. I suppose that was killing all the Silurians, though, wasn't it? So maybe it is. Yeah. Different. Maybe it is. Well, no, I mean, I, I completely agree with you. But yeah, it's. I think the uh, the exception is the Silurians, as opposed to the exception being Day of the Daleks. I think generally in the 70s, kill any old fucker, as long as it's not human. Um, mm. But for when they want to make a point, they get worried about it. But yeah, I don't think it was backed up in any other John Pertwee story. Mm. One bit that really annoyed me that I don't remember annoying me at the time was the phone call. You know, the trim phone where it's going bling, bling, when um, <laughs> when it goes on forever, and they have to go and get the doctor from the cellar. Oh yeah, I quite like that. And he's suddenly on the phone, and I'm thinking the brigadier would not have been on the phone that long. No one waits. I know that to long get him up because they're saying, "Oh, we should get him." And at that point, he's like still completely tied up in the cellar. Yeah. Like it would have taken about a ten minute wait for them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. It's like no one stays on the phone that long. I'm sorry, not even in the seventies. But no, then it made me think, true. did we stay on the phone longer in the 70s waiting for people to pick up? And I have a feeling I, I did. Think we were probably more patient. Yeah, I think there was <laughs> like a belief that. Yeah, people are just busy doing something else. But 
Yeah, and also the, the another phone bit was when I think he had the minister on the line. Um, and then that last behind says, oh, no, I've got Yates on the on the line. You must speak to him. And so he's just like, hang on a moment, sir. And then he just starts barking orders at Yates, but obviously hasn't muted the call or anything because he can't. So he's just basically shouting in the ear of the minister and yes. telling Yates what to do. That was quite yeah. weird. I think he needs comms training, does the brigadier. Yeah. He needs to do, yeah, he needs to work out that. I'll tell you I like about his be- comms training. Yeah, There's um, the dude, um, when the, I've got to call him from Geneva. And and then, oh, it's not a call. It's like a broadcast or something. And it's basically someone saying, we're all fucked. <laughs> it's, <just laughs> so, it's hilarious. It's like, it's supposed to be this really kind of, really useful, informative kind of um, <laughs> broadcast telling us what's happening. But he's just like, it's all really bad and we're all going to die and I'm terrified. <laughs> it was just... It was just the most unprofessional broadcast ever, and I loved it. It was so good, good, wasn't it? Um, I'm just going to play it in so everyone can be reminded at this point. It's Geneva, sir. Emergency, emergency. Emergency to all units, national HQs. Stand by for a special announcement. Here is the latest official report. The international situation is growing steadily worse. War now seems inevitable. As yet, there is no further news of Sir Reginald Stiles, who has flown to Peking in a last-minute attempt to persuade the Chinese to reconsider their withdrawal. Observation satellites report troops massing along the Russian-Chinese frontier. In South America and Southern Asia, reports say fighting has already broken out in many regions. All unit personnel are hereby placed on maximum alert. I mean, honestly, it was hilarious, but I thought... That was probably the worst part of the story was this there's this big unspecified global war threat, but it's so amorphous and big that it's not yes. believable. I yes, think if it was no a specific, specific thing. Yes. Yes. It's yeah. No. It's just we're on the we're on the cusp of World War Three. Why? Things. There's people, there's borders and things. <laughs> there's there's China. There's South yeah. America. China. Let's just name <laughs> name big countries or continents and then there's a war. <laughs> Yes. Did you like the the um the set in the future? I thought the door was very the door opening aperture. The aperture, that's a good word. Oh, I was very close to yes. Aubrey Wood's head though. He only just managed to clear it. Oh. Well, it was, you know, they they chose people based on their their height. You couldn't have anyone any taller fulfill that role. Okay. So yeah. um yes. Um, but all, I really liked where the Daleks were. Like, I loved their completely metal set and their, their shimmy-shaking in it. I just, yeah. To me, that was really believable. I could imagine them just being in, like, a stainless steel boxy type area. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, What about the toilet seat, though, that the controller's in? Love I know, it. we, all, we always one. loved that, didn't we? Yes. Yes, <coughs> yes. But then, going back to the Daleks, so, obviously, we heard the... Nicholas Briggs version of the voices because it was the it was it was him doing the voices for the special edition. But the original Dalek yes. voices are awful in Day of the Daleks. Did you remember that? Are they? I didn't remember it, and it was only at the end when I saw his him in the credits. I was like, oh, okay, I didn't get that. Um, but yeah, they were good, and therefore I think they must have improved yeah. it because I did I didn't. They notice, were terrible. Which they I were terrible to be with because they they didn't right. bother getting the original people doing the voices back and that's why they were crap. They didn't know how to do the ring modulation, I don't think, or something like that. Whoever 
is operating the time machine is an enemy of the Daleks. All enemies of the Daleks must be destroyed. Exterminate them. Exterminate them. Exterminate them. The time machine is an enemy of the Daleks. All enemies of the Daleks must be destroyed. Exterminate them. Exterminate them. But what did you think about the the number of Daleks? Because the thing about Day of the Daleks that everyone always talks about is it's actually Day of the Three Daleks because there's only three Daleks in it. Yeah. But do you think the special edition yeah. managed to get around that fact, which was the main reason for the special edition, just to show there was more Daleks than three? Do you think they achieved that aim? Um, I, I was never that aware. Like I said, like the Daleks weren't the main thing for me. It wasn't the threat of the Daleks that was worrying me. It was more... Ogrons are shitting scary, and what the hell are the um, the rebel guys going to yeah. do? But you know, it's fun. I liked the other things that they did for the special edition, but I honestly I didn't notice there was any more. It it didn't strike. Yeah, because John loved the action sequences. At one point, he actually said, "Flipping hell," <laughs> which is is the worst exclusive you can wow. get from me. And so he loved it. Oh. He loved the action sequences. So, yeah. well, that's good. Yeah. Well, I bet the dude who remade those bits would be very excited. Because yeah. he was obviously bloody excited about getting the opportunity to do it. Tell me what you thought of the, um, like, the weird-ass... Um, you can tell what I think of it. The the pictures of the towers and the, the hovering weird... I just felt like, every time I saw anything like that, I was like, can we just see something that's crap that's in the original? <laughs> just... Yeah, I was like that. I just... The, the thing that I loved about the original was the really dark and depressing picture yeah. where it was just run down bits of old factory. Like it wasn't glowing wonderfulness. It was just everything was pretty ramshackle and shit. Because yeah. Daleks don't need posh fucking buildings. Daleks don't give a shit about no, that. Exactly. They don't want creature comforts. Therefore, the future shouldn't look really cool or exciting. It should just look dark and depressing yeah. and everything's broken and unusable yeah. like that that's really what would get me depressed if i was in the yeah. future so yeah no i i thought it was completely unnecessary mm. i agree one scene that i must more multi-story cars. Yes. one scene that i really enjoyed um always was that bit when anat and boaz are in the tunnels and the doctor comes across them and she's like, no, keep away from us because we're, we're, we're going to be going through to the other place. You must keep away. And the, and he goes with them. I love the fact that he gets caught up in their time yeah. transference thing. I always like that. Yes. Yeah. I know it's very specific. And later, yeah, when Anat and Boaz, or was it Anat and Moni? I don't know who it is, but the sh- Anat shares a cigar with someone. I love the sort of... Yes, it's it's actually... Oh, I thought it was Boaz. Maybe it was. I think it was, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, no, I, I don't think I'd noticed that before, actually. Yeah. But yes, it was quite a nice yeah. little moment. Um, Marisa guffawed very loudly at the measuring cylinder that the wine was in, <laughs> in the future. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, as a scientist. Yes, all of that kind of weird... Uh, but those pl- that 
kind of plastic. Yeah, everything was plastic, and that whole that classic Artie Helper oh. scene was just. It was just so hard to explain to Christian Iona how how much pleasure that that once gave us. Like it was just beyond fantastic. How I went. How much we laughed and enjoyed the. Ah, he helped me. Can we just do it and merge into the real Joe doing it? So if we both do it now and we'll merge into the real (laughs) Joe doing it for. Yeah, okay, you ready? One, two, three. Ah, he helped me. Ah, he helped We'll see how that comes across. And then the yeah, the plastic vase that just kind of would not even like it it, it wouldn't even give you a tiny bit of a bruise. It just would go boop and just certainly wouldn't knock out a bloody Oberon or or Aubrey watching. Aubrey watching. But yes. And it was <laughs> I don't know why I can't call him the controller, he's just Aubrey watching. Yeah. Um Oh yeah. <laughs> I did really enjoy that. Um, the the guy who um, is a spy, um, or not really a spy, but helping the yeah. rebels, and that whole process of the doors going up and down really slowly, and you're just like, you're with them, like you're waiting for the doors to go up and down really slowly, and you hear the noise, like, <laughs> and they go down again, and you're just like, fuck's sake, get a move on. And it was just, I loved how everyone's behaviour was waiting for the doors to open and close each time. And then you don't even fucking hear the door when the guy comes in and twats him over the head. Brilliant. Um, oh, yes. Can I ask you something I completely don't understand, which is a plot point, which I think I never really processed yeah. at the time, but now I definitely was like, what the actual, what are they talking about? And it's when Anat is te- or, or Monia, one of them, is telling the Doctor and Joe about what happened when the bomb went off in the fu- in the past. And they said, and mm. Styles got everyone to the house, um, but he was sneaky and he was mm. bad. And then they said this line, they pretended that they needed absolute quiet. He pretended that they needed absolute quiet. And I'm like, what? What's that going to do with the price of eggs? Why did he... Oh. What was that about? Uh, weren't they just saying that like no one else could be around and that it needed to just be those people and no one else? It was just the leaders. I, I guess oh. my thoughts when she was saying they needed absolute quiet was just like it was just like a closed oh, set see. of people. I was just thinking it like Styles was like like right everyone shh, just, uh, just for shh. a minute. <laughs> <laughs> be quiet. <laughs> I still don't think that's terribly clear. I really don't. No, I'm with you. And the the leap that they came to with that is just like, we definitely know it was Styles, but we also know he got caught up in the explosion. So that really was just a real leap of leap of faith that we believed it was Styles. Like it was just like someone obviously said in the pub one day, I reckon that was Styles, and suddenly that's history. And it's like, yeah, yeah, it was definitely Styles. He, he died at the same time, but yeah, no, it was definitely yeah. him. Like it just seems like it could have been anyone there. It could have been the fucking Chinese. It could have just been anyone. It could anyone have been Miss Panchet. I don't trust Panchet. Miss Panchet. It could have been. She could have had issues. She could have been trying to light the last cigarette and she was right next to the <laughs> I think we stumbled onto the real thing. Miss Padgett. <laughs> the other thing about the other thing about Miss Paget that I must say is that 
what astonished astonished me, we're going way back to episode one here, sorry, is that um it's Miss Paget who contacts Unit about the fact that Reginald Styles says he's been seeing ghosts. I mean that's a leap. Yes. Why did she do that? That's not very good secretarial support. That yeah, that's true actually. If you if you were a a secretary and you contacted like a, a major fucking armed force, yeah. <laughs> he'd be like, I'm never fucking telling you anything again, you outfit. I know. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that that's pretty well, I was thinking you don't bit, you don't contact a, a secret paramilitary organization when your boss, someone you respect and have loyalty for, hopefully, is it says they've seen a ghost. I mean no. That's not your yes. next action, is it? That's weird. <laughs> But well done, Miss Padgett. She clearly saved them. Oh, that was another point, actually. You know when Anna first is about to kill the yeah. doctor, and and he and she says, "Why did you do it, Styles, or mm. whatever?" And and then it all comes out that he's not Styles. Um, if at that point he they'd never cleared that bit up, if yeah. if she just thought, "Brilliant, killed Styles, pop off home." Actually, that would have saved them as well, wouldn't it? Yeah. Should have just killed the doctor. Brilliant. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, it was all... Yeah, a different plot twist there. There might have been other times that the Earth was a bit in trouble. But for that yeah. one, yeah, would have saved them. I must mention the... Sure. The, sure. <laughs> the very new Who moment where you actually have a real BBC news person... Alex McIntosh. Um, oh, yeah, yes. I didn't realise that until I watched it this time. I checked, and he was actually a, a new, a, an actual real continuity announcer. Um, I don't think amazing. he's a news person, but he's certainly a, a person they use for reports and stuff. That he actually did the orderly house thing. That was very like New Who, wasn't it? Yes, yeah, exactly. Here in the peaceful heart of England will soon take place what could be described as the most important summit conference of this century. The peaceful atmosphere of this Georgian house gives little indication of the underlying tension of the occasion, a desperate last-minute attempt to stem the rising tide of international tension that seems to be moving the great powers towards the brink of a third world war. Yeah, you know, I've always got a thing about white middle-aged men things. Yeah. Um, I um, One line that I found really odd was that bit where the doctor's saying, like, I just still can't believe that it's Styles. He may be vain to the point of arrogance, but basically a good man. And I'm like, so this guy is really vain. He's got a fully stocked cellar, enough cheese to do whatever. <laughs> like, What do you do with lots of cheese? I mean, <laughs> What do you do with a lot of He's doing it every night and you don't want to walk in on it. Um, but I just don't understand how that means, but basically a good man. Like, we've got absolutely no... Uh, I've got a theory. Basically I've a got a theory man. here. So the line is, he's vain to the point of arrogance, a trifle obstinate perhaps, but a good man. He's describing himself, Alex. That's the issue. He sees himself in styles and that's why he's deciding he's a good man. Oh, good. He certainly does like his cheese. He's describing himself. Yes. He's just basically, yeah, that's what's happening there. So there. Ah. 
Good. Like, gosh, this has been so insightful. Mm. I feel like people may have learned something there. Oh, you know. (laughs) (laughs) For a change. (laughs) I know. Um, But you know, my lovely Christy. I do know. You know that thing, and this is going to be. A, this is going to be a very visual thing that no one else is going to be able to get on board with, but I just need to share it with you anyway. You know that thing where he clicks his fingers and kind of does a little bit of a flourish? Who? Christy? Have you seen it? Yeah. I think I've seen him do it once or twice. Yeah, I, I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's so funny. It's it's brilliant. But um, it just... <laughs> at the very end, <laughs> when... Uh, I, don't, I don't know what happened. What is the last scene? But it just... He was like, Christy was just like, all he needs to do at this point is just click his fingers and he just did the flourish. And it just would be the perfect way for John Pertwee to sign off from every episode. <laughs> I just think it's so him. You can just see him clicking his fingers and flourishing his arms across. And I just think it just, if it, if that kind of an action had been invented back then, John Pertwee would have owned it beyond Your friend. It would have just been the perfect thing. Yes. Absolutely. I, I, I was more distracted at yes. the ending by the fact that well, all, it was always very sudden. But what really annoyed me was like seconds oh. later, we'd seen Joe with massively foofed, curled hair. And then at the end, she's got completely flat to her face, flat hair, like she's actually hair straightened it flat. Yeah, yeah watch again. It's astonishingly bad continuity. Because it's 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 been curled within an inch of its life in the when they're leaving the cellar and leaving the house, and then it's completely oh. flat when she's outside the house. And I'm like, come on, continuity person, whoever you are, bad. <laughs> get your curlers or get rid of yeah, your curlers one of or the something. Two. I just must mention another phrase: girl technician. Why not woman technician in the credits? Girl technician. They're not girls. Bad. How about? Technician. Well, exactly. That's what Marisa said when I raised this. She said, How about we just call them technicians? Eh? Eh? I'm like, Good point. But better still gives them a name. I yes. also didn't like the fact that good old Gypsy Kemp, who played the. Um, the... <laughs> you know what? I started calling Iona Gypsy Kemp halfway through. It's a good name. We need to keep now Gypsy you know, Kemp alive. I love the name we need Gypsy... To use Gypsy Kemp. Yes, don't we, yeah. though? Iona suits Gypsy yeah, Kemp. She is Gypsy Kemp now. Above all else. It's a good. Don't you think that with a name like Gypsy Kemp, you would have got more work? I think it's great. Yeah. Yes, actually, how has she got such a small amount of work with that name? She just wasn't yeah. trying. No. I know you had a lot of insight from Marisa, but Christy added some more wonderful insight. I can't wait. His was, I know, um, that many years in the future, why the f- do you still need a pull cord to start your trike? <laughs> And I think it's a fair point. I think it is. I love how that's something only he would find, though. We would... I know. I was. I just nodded. I was, I'll share it. Thanks, mother. <laughs> <laughs> now, <should> you... <laughs> um, I just must mention the person yes. who wrote the story, Louis Marx. Mm-hmm. Um, just because my old friend Sarah Stamford, who I used to work with in Cambridge, um, she was his production secretary on various TV productions in the 70s. Um, oh, I know wow. she wrote for the BBC. She wrote a fantastic book. Um, it's had various titles. Um, I think it's currently Diary of a 1970s Secretary. May, they may have dropped the BBC part of it. But anyway, I, I, will, um, I will add the correct title here. 
The name of the book is Secret Diary of a 1970s Secretary, for which she uses her maiden name. So that's by Sarah Shaw, and it's published by Constable. It is available on Amazon, currently at £4.66, which is a bargain. I wrote a review of the book, um, as did Joan Bakewell. Very good company there. Joan Bakewell described it as evocative and joyous. Whereas I said, if I can just get to my notes, an evocative trip back to the early 70s in the claustrophobic world of a young BBC secretary whose conservative upbringing finds her completely unprepared for the attentions of the other sex. Sarah's diary is witty, searching and achingly truthful and asks some surprisingly important questions about societal convention, love and sex. I devoured it in two sittings. Um, Yeah, so I do recommend it to you. And I believe there are talks about turning it into a film, which is exciting. Okay, back to the podcast. Um, and she she exciting. loved Louis Marx. Um, and she worked with a production of The Lost Boys with Anne Bell and Ian Holm in it in 1970-something. Um, anyway, she um, always talked about him in really glowing terms. I always loved him. So I, I mentioned I was doing the podcast today and... The reason why I was in touch with her, I was like, I want to know how you say it. Is it Lewis Marks or is it Louis Marks? And she confirmed it was Louis. Mm. So that was good to good. Good to, to know. Cover. Hate not. But Louis. talking about his output yes. for Doctor Who, it's a bit odd. It's the most diverse range of stories. You've got Planet of Giants, then you've got Day of the Daleks, oh then you've got Mask of Mandragora. Mm. Aren't oh yeah, they're an odd selection. They don't connect in any way, do they? Can you see any through lines there in terms of Ooh. writing? Um, in terms of writing, no. No, I really can't see anything no. at all. No. I can't, no. It, it does Joe and Sarah have similar fringes? <laughs> yeah, I don't think he would have had anything to <laughs> written that in. It's important that they have I fringes. He, he wrote <laughs> He wrote the fringe in. Don't take that away from Louis. He was proud Write of the, the fringe. fringe in. It's important. Yeah. 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 Um... Now, do you know what we nearly forgot? Well, we did forget about last time when we did Mark of the Rani. So I had to put it in in, in post, as they say, professionally. <laughs> it was a Hall of Fame vote. So, no, it's okay because I added it and it's glorious. I did it in a Geordie accent, which I thought was appropriate. <laughs> <laughs> was it a real Geordie accent or was it? No, I was trying to do a good one to make up for the fact that there was no Geordies actually in Mark of the Rani. <laughs> Yeah, there was no Geordies who came near. There was no Geordies. Yes, Geordies were but... harmed. Actually, lots of Geordies were harmed in the making of that <laughs> bloody pro. Yeah. Um, so, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame. Well, to be honest, I'll be a bit upset if people... Like, I know I get a bit upset about a lot of these things. But people need to vote for the right one. So I feel like I almost need to just give them one option and then they can't get it wrong. I can't imagine who that option is. I know who it is. I know who it is. <laughs> Miss Padgett. <laughs> Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Okay, okay. Almost. Alex Macintosh. <laughs> no, I still got it wrong. What's the second country? Actually, this... Girl technician! Girl technician! Two. Girls, girls are no fun. Now, there is a lot of good people in it, but I just need people to vote correctly. No more fucking Alpha Centauri. I reckon if we put Alpha Centauri in this hospital, <laughs> people would bloody vote for it. Um, so, yeah, obviously Anna is the best, and she does need voting for. Like, she's amazing. She just did things that 
people weren't able to do in that period and just was so strong. She owned it. It couldn't have been done unless she was the brilliant actress she Anna, was. Anna Barry, take a bow. Has she done anything else? Yeah. What do I know Anna Barry from? Anything I don't else? think so. Can I just ask you how you feel about the fact that later on in the story that Monia comes along and therefore she's kind of not so in charge? Yeah, it is a bit annoying. Um, I always felt like because he's introduced later, like we don't really trust okay. him. Like I, I feel like you're not supposed to be that impressed by him. But I don't mind that she can be a leader, but she can also defer to someone else. Being a leader doesn't mean that you can't take exactly. Him, like, but important. Ooh. I know I agree very strongly. <laughs> you can probably, you can probably tell. <laughs> You'd think that we brought up similar or something. <laughs> yes. So, yes. No, I don't mind. Um, because also he, I think she respects him because he's quite fair-minded. He doesn't give her stupid instructions. Like he generally, I think he's got his head screwed mm. on as well. Um, so, yeah. But she deserves everything. Prizes and all. Um, but then we've got the controller who is pretty amazing. Like he does carry a lot of that story, yeah. I think. He is good, isn't he? And you get you get real layers to him because he actually does come good in the end, even though he kn- he knows it means his death. Um, yes, and that's not just. Yeah, but also that that's not just his death. He's not. Karen, he's not. Sorry. No, no, no. It's just he's not just good and not just yeah. bad. It's not like because th- there's levels to that as well. It's just like, well, yeah, all right. You say someone would always have done it and you've helped people along the way, but you still didn't have to do it. You still have been a bit of a cock throughout <laughs> this. Like, and it's, it's yeah, like you, there's, you're not supposed to have a conclusion with him of, oh, actually, he's a good guy in the end. It's like, no, he did a lot of damage yeah. and and you can't just completely wipe that away with yeah. one nice deed. It's yeah. just, yeah, he's a whole host. Of but it's, it's also the brilliant. fact that you've got that layer, that detail to the fact that it's actually, being a controller has actually been a lineage thing. It's been passed down, hasn't it? So Yes, like with a degree of pride. Yes, so therefore he's actually not just, he's not actually just um, giving in in that moment. He's actually letting go of all of that history and that, that's, is the word fealty? I don't know. But he's he's actually saying, actually, no, I'm going to let go now, and I'm going to everything we've done is wrong, and I'm admitting it in this moment. Yeah. So that was a, a generation-spanning yeah. decision, which is inter- more interesting. Yeah, his son's really pissed off. Yeah. <laughs> he was looking forward to that part yesterday. Yeah. Um, and I did like the scene in which she's talking about the, um, how it was in the future and people were just living, lying in holes in the ground. And, you know, that yes. was strong. And you think, well, I can understand why someone would do something in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. No, they did. They gave enough reason. There was, yeah, they, they gave depth and background to that whole time of misery. And, yeah, no, it was. it. Uh, yeah, it definitely, that... That dystopia bit, I, I loved. I just, it was really evocative. And I definitely think that the, the special effects-y thing stole from that. They stole the dank yes. grimness of it yeah. all, which yeah. is a bit of a so shame. Can I just, so we've, we're talking about the controller, we're talking about Anat. Anyone else in our, in, our, in our Hall of Fame? Well, no one should be. Um, we, could, we could 
put well dressed for torture man yes um, she's good just cause and actually I quite like um Ujum man who really doesn't fit his polyester suit the one who says who are you working for Oh yes, him. He's good. I can't. Well, he's in something else as well. And I can't think what it is at all. I really should know what he's in. He is. Yes. Definitely in it. Ah, oh, Shura. 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 <laughs> good. Well, I think we've got enough Love of the Hall of Fame. So I just must just say something yes. about the special edition. Just to wrap up about that, then we have a wrap up of the story itself. Is my view on the special edition is you shouldn't do something just because you can, and. Editing out bad acting mm. is definitely not something you should be doing with a special edition. I think it's fine to put the a- no, fine to put the action sequences true. in. It's fine to um, make some more ray guns, um, do exciting things. But I also think that, as we said, the dystopian landscape didn't need improving in that way, and that just took away. So it left me wanting mm. to watch the original, and actually, I wished I'd watched the original and then just watched the action sequences afterwards. That's what I wished I'd done. Yeah, really? completely. Golly. Um, oh, see, I definitely enjoyed it. I definitely enjoyed seeing the special editions bit, just because obviously we've seen the original a million freaking times yeah. before. But also, kudos to them for um, not editing out the red knickers or um, yeah, changing Change the colour of the knickers. Imagine if that. I know we'd been livid. I know livid. I know. <laughs> so um, okay, your summary of Day of the Daleks, Al. Oh gosh, it's quite good. <laughs> so, it's quite good, it is. I can't hurt it. <laughs> yeah, no, it is John Pertwee at his finest, and that that's coming from someone who doesn't think he is the finest, but he's yeah. all right. Um, it is a future that is wholly believable and utterly terrifying. It's the Daleks. Not taking centre stage, not being like front and centre, we're going to scare the living shit out of you. They take a bit of a back step, but for the benefit of the story. There is a whole lot of plot in there. The the use of time to make an interesting plot, I don't think has been better done than in Day of the Daleks. It's a really clear, strong idea that carries from start to finish with a wonderful little twist. Um, Really interesting characters there's there's enough there's the unit group there's the guerrilla group there's the people who've fallen in with the daleks there's the politicians like interesting and diverse characters um and yeah just one hell of a storming 70s bit of joy wonderful i like that summary part of that's going to be in the start Mm. of the episode (laughs) um (laughs) yes what do i think i find it a nostalgia fest on the basis that it was one of those first few videos that we watched to death. Um, I like how fast paced it is, that it feels, it doesn't feel like there's much padding in there. It cuts between action um, and important plot. There's no waffling about nothing. And even when it does have, but it still has time to have some characterful side scenes, like the one with, Joe and um, Benton and Yates, which I thought was told us a lot about those characters that we haven't seen elsewhere. And yes. I thought that was important. Um, I think it's a good story for Joe, and she's quite mm. central to the plot. It's a good use of a companion to actually, you know, 
be thrust into that other world and to have to deal with all that stuff. And I thought that was that was strong. And I think such a, a good cast of supporting characters that um, felt real and they had real backstories and depth to them, which isn't always true in John Pertwee Doctor Who. <laughs> no. Yes. So I think it's a Gosh, strong... It's almost like our favourite story. I, this is mental. Well, no, I mean, it's not... not not anywhere near like something like Stones of Blood for me, but it's certainly. But isn't it mad though how positive it makes you feel? Like I, I certainly wouldn't class it as one of my favourites, but when you look at it like that, there's just so much positivity towards yeah, it. Absolutely more. Agreed. Yes. So. Good. So vote Anna. Vote Anna. Yeah, we need T-shirts made up. Vote Anna. All the way. <laughs> I really reckon. Actually, can I have that for Christmas? I feel like I might get that now I've said it. I'm quite excited. That's a good idea. Yeah. Please. Yeah, can you vote get one made? Anna. Yeah, Thanks. you've said it enough now. I've got the clue. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Thanks. Okay. Good. All right, what, what are we doing next? Oh, gosh. I think you came up with a good one with Day of the Daleks. I Did you? It. Well, I think it should be your choice next, don't you? Can I choose a doctor and you choose the story? Yes. Yes. Fifth. Fifth. Okay. Uh -huh. So next time we will be watching Castrovalva. <gasps> that was what was in my head. That's mental. Wow. Just wow. That's quite yeah. exciting. It is wow. So. Amazing. That's going to be exciting, isn't it? That'll be good. Yes. All right. And I'll be able to watch it on a spanking new Blu ray as well. So there you go. Just say, just say. Yes, I'll be downloading it and it'll be grey as hell. <laughs> Good. Yes, and of course, you know who we'll be talking about a lot in that episode? God. Adil Dix Moreau. <laughs> Yay! We just don't do Costume enough. Costume designer de jour. Adil Dix yeah. Moreau. So from yes. Mary Husband so to Adil Dix Moreau, one short leap. Yeah. Right. So exciting. Wonderful to talk to you. Take care. Um, okay. See you soon. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>enjoy world enough and time why not subscribe to us on apple podcasts or another podcasting service better still leave us a review also we are on twitter at world enough pod and would love to hear from you thank you the complications